You're listening to And you're listening to the Collabcast, a podcast about pop culture and the creative life from an Asian American perspective. Hey, hey, oh yeah, oh yeah. Hey, we ain't playing no games with this one. Oh, hey. And hey everyone, it's Friday, April the 12th, 2019. Welcome to episode 196 of the Collabcast. My name is Myron Yeh. And on this episode, we'll be talking with the directors, producers, and cast members of the upcoming film, Empty by Design. We have the director, Andrea A. Walter, editor, Brian Merrick, and also producers and cast members, Chris Pang and Osric Chow. Empty by Design is Andrea A. Walter's feature debut about a pair of Filipino millennials, um, played by Osric Chow and Rian Ramos, who return home after some time abroad and find themselves drawn together through their mutual loneliness. Um, it's a film about rediscovering your homeland after leaving for a while and seeing that everything has changed. We talked to the crew about their experiences making the film, um, the challenges of being first-time producers, as well as their thoughts on Empty by Design being the closing film of the 2019 Los Angeles Asian Pacific Film Festival. And with that, please enjoy our interview with Andrea, Osric, Chris, and Brian. Hey everyone, we're here with the cast and crew behind the closing night film of the LA Asian Pacific Film Festival, Empty by Design, which is playing on Friday, May the 10th at 7 p.m. at the Rico LA Live. Welcome. Yeah, that's us. Thank you. Hello. And Brian is very quiet. <laughs> Brian, make some noise. Yay. <laughs> right, we're here with the director, Andrea Walter. Hello. Uh, the producers, Chris Pang. What's up? Osric Chow, who also stars in it. Hi. And their editor, Brian Merrick. Hi there. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having us, and we are here with the lovely Marvin Yu. That's right. Thank you, Marvin. Our lovely host today. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so excited about this film because I feel like I've been hearing you all talk about it since the last film festival. I think it's because we haven't done anything, so this is all we got to talk about. about, We have no lives. Well, when I first met most of you was at the last LA Asian Pacific Film Festival, and it was right before you all went off to the Philippines to film this thing, and now you're premiering at the next LA Asian Pacific Film Festival That's is coming up quick fast. Turnaround, huh? yeah. Yeah, it's a quick turnaround, huh? Yeah. One year later, like, can we, you want to tell, talk about the inception of this film? How do he we make this film? Because it. it's, pretty, yes. it's a pretty ridiculous story. Oh, man. This could go on for hours. If I'm gonna, okay, let's, uh, short, short version is I did a project in the Philippines, my first time in the Philippines with this gentleman here, Chris Pang, and he was the only person that kept me sane during this project, and I just, I needed to do my own project. I, I said to myself, if I'm going to do a crappy project, it might as well be my own crappy project. Um, obviously, I'm not going to try to make a crappy project. But on the flight home, I, I had a script that Drea wrote that I gave to Chris, and we tried to make that one. That one kind of blew up in scale. Um, and then comes February 1st, me and Drea moves in together, and we're like, all right, let's make a movie. And, <laughs> and then... And and then now we're in a radio station and everyone is Instagramming storying this. <laughs> this is what happens when yeah, the millennials start making movies. <laughs> yeah, we pretty much just started telling people that we were going to do this and everyone 
kept saying yes and jump like hopping on board and by by the time we knew it we were in the Philippines. Well, yeah. 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 That's amazing. I mean, the only way to make something happen is to tell people you're going to do it. So now you have to do it, right? It kind of made us accountable. <laughs> Chris was the first person I asked, so he was the first yes. And then we just kept going. Dante was another one, and it was like at a party, and I wasn't sure if he was serious or not. But came our first like meeting with everyone. Dante was fully there and present, and it kind of shocked all of us. Yeah. Um, brought Chad along. And brought Chad along, uh, Chad Kennedy, uh, who's another producer. And then Dante introduced us to Joanne Benyaga, who's our Filipino producer in the Philippines. Um, and she opened up all the doors in the Philippines to the point where we, I mean, we didn't really have anything together um, before we left for Manila. So we kind of took this leap of faith and we all, the three of us bought one-way flights to the Philippines with the idea that we weren't coming back without a movie. Amazing. And now you have a movie. Yeah. (laughs) Congratulations. So what is Empty by Design about? What? Brian. (laughs) This is is a great Brian question because we never hear from the editor and really he's the one that he's the last person that tells the story. Uh, Empty by Design is mostly about a tale of two stories, right? Mm -hmm. Um, A kind of the day in the life of Sam who has been out of the country, out of the Philippines for a while, going to school and coming back and kind of her trying to fit in but not really fitting in with her friends that she's you know, known for a lifetime or, um, and then the other side story, Eric, who's a stunt guy, um, and they're filming a movie in Manila and, um, he kind of hasn't been back to the Philippines in a longer time. So he feels really uncomfortable, uh, just being back home and, uh, they kind of bond over that feeling out of place Yeah, in a way. Um, it's the kind of story that I, <clears throat> increasingly want to see the you know asian diaspora person like first or second generation going back quote-unquote home to rediscover or to see that everything's changed and kind of find themselves that way um so andrew you you wrote this right yeah i wrote it um after osric kept bugging me when we were at sundance (laughs) after every film he went no we should go do this i'm like no 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 that's that's crazy so eventually we when we moved in together he asked um he gave me a one month deadline well we gave each other one and we came out with the first draft and um a lot of the film is inspired by just living in so many different countries and being of mixed race but also i watched um a lot of Sophie Coppola's work and Wong Kar Wai's work, and that's really what drawn me to this story. I wanted to tell it in that style. So just like they were saying, it's it's a movie based on your disconnection with yourself and your culture, but really just what you're trying to figure out, what is home and what makes you um, who you are. Mm-hmm. And Chris, how did you get dragged along on this adventure? Uh, well, like um, Osric was explaining, we kind we kind of did this crappy film together, and it was uh, it was very motivating. You know, you know when you're part of something, it just sucks, and then you're like, there are so many things about this that should be better, and uh, we know nothing, and yet we could do this better. And so uh, it, it wasn't so much a measure of our. Um, confidence or skill it was just a measure of that how bad that production was and so um <laughs> well like if they can do it why we we should be able to give it a shot and so we were so, just so motivated from that uh we were just looking for opportunities to do something um and then uh you know it just happened timing wise that i went home for the holidays and then um osric and drea were hanging out at, they went to sundance um 
and then they had a great time there, but came out of it very motivated. You know, there's it's just such a positive energy there of people doing things and achieving things. And uh, they came back very, very um, in the mindset that we're just going to make something. Meanwhile, I was in Australia, uh, and I also came back with the same mindset. And it wasn't because I was surrounded by positivity. It was because I was just angry. I went, <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I went in and watched, um, <laughs> I watched I, Tonya, and I loved it. And the more I loved it, the more I sat in the theater looking at <laughs> this film. And I'm like, man, she can do this film and then she can go straight into play Queen Elizabeth and then go do Suicide Squad in the same breath. And I'm like, How, where are the opportunities for us to do this? I'm like, I have to, do, I have to make our own stuff. Mm. So we sort of came back and we all convened together and we all returned back to LA going, we need to make a film. <laughs> They were obviously coming from a much better energy. I was just pissed off. <laughs> right. And that's how we decided to make a film. And that's how we were together. So you were mad. He was excited. I was anxious. <laughs> Good. Complimentary <clears throat> energies. We don't know what Brian was doing. These are the emotions that create art, right? <laughs> yes. That's amazing. So obviously this was before... Um, your star turn in Crazy Rich Asians, right? Yeah, it was actually a real difficult time. To, it was the worst time for us to get together and produce a film because I was so busy with the CRA stuff. CRA's uh, what we call Crazy Rich Asians. If you're cool, <laughs> if, you're, if you're in... Hashtag? If you're in the, yeah, in the fam. I just say part cray. Of the fam. Just cray. Just CRA, cray. I know it as Canada Revenue, Revenue Agency. <laughs> I'm in two fams. Oh, my God. Wrong fam. Oh, my Wrong God. Fam. Um, <laughs> So I was uh, I was bouncing in and out of our production, and then you know I was doing publicity tour, uh, just so much stuff going on. So it was a, it was a very very busy time. Um, it was very testing for us all uh, on our first film. But we had a lot of really really um, milestone moments where we just the film could have fallen apart. And I think I think it was really Osric that had that energy of that kind of just let's just do it attitude. Um, otherwise, we all wouldn't be sitting here today. I, I think it was—it's such a daunting task to think about. Hey, let's um, let's put together a whole bunch of people and um, let's make a movie. It sounds like such an unrealistic dream, mm-hmm. right? I mean, w- w- there, this this whole city of LA is full of people that are trying to achieve that dream, and very rarely do you find a bunch of people that actually go and do it, right? And so Arzik was the guy that just kept pushing, and we didn't know how, and we didn't know uh, who. But we just knew that we wanted to do it, um, and it just—it really boiled down to that. What he was saying before of this this one moment, which I'll always remember, was we're just sitting in my lounge room. It was just a couple oh of us important God. people sitting around, and um, it was this moment of we have no money, we have a story, we kind of know how we want to tell it. What are we going to do if we have no money? And we turn around to Dante, and we're like, "Hey, Dante, you're pretty famous in the Philippines. People <laughs> like you there, right?" <laughs> Everybody loves Dante. Right. So like, hey, Dante, um, you reckon if we just went to the Philippines, do you think we could get some funding? Like, what's, what's the chances? And he was like, oh, about six and a half or seven out of ten. And we're like, you know what? That's good odds. Let's all go to the Philippines. That was the part that Oz that was, was talking about. He just like sort of glossed over it. But that was, that was a defining moment for us where we just all bought one-way tickets and went to the Philippines. And it was him. He was, he was the driving force behind it all. I mean, I might have been the impetus, but I, like, I really can't take the credit for it because it really was the community. Like, I, I felt... 
for the first time last year, the Asian American community showing up at LAPFF every day, Asian Heritage Month, there was always an event that me and Drea went to, and we always invited Chris and our friend Yoshi and Desmond, and everyone would always show up. And by that time, it really felt like, you know, if we fell back, our community would catch us. You know, it was this mental image that I had, and I just, I was so fearless because of it. Every step of the way, when we bought our tickets, like Yoshi right away, he's like, bought my ticket. And we're like, what are you talking about? We have nothing. And he just, he had his ticket. When we got there, Desmond, you know, he's like, guys, I, I can't miss out on this. Bought his ticket. Chris went back for CRA. He actually miss, missed a lot of his CRA press tour yeah. for oh. this film, you know, and he, there was like a week where he didn't even sleep. Like everyone sacrificed so much for this film. Uh, he came back with Andrew, by the way, who also just <laughs> couldn't miss and he ended up helping out. But it was such a community aspect. Brian has been slaving away on this film for like the last nine months. You know, all of us are investing in this movie. None of us got paid, but, you know, having... You know, those those moments that we had together in this giant Airbnb, you know, like sleeping on Andrea's dad's office, like <laughs> sardines, like it, it really made this experience so memorable and easily like the best experience of my life. That's amazing. It sounds like uh, sounds like quite the adventure. Sounds like the the B- BTS version of this story. One day where they'll, where they'll make the documentary is just as exciting as... The movie oh, itself. Oh, yeah, we had a lot of dramas. We, I think, we could make a movie about the <laughs> yeah. behind the scenes. I, as as producers, I, we could li- we could write a book about everything of what not to how not to make a movie. Like, what are the most important things that you want to secure before you start filming? You want money, and you want to know that your actors are going to rock up to set. And so, you know, if you're filming on Monday and you have one weekend before you start shooting, you want to make sure you have those things. Those are the two essential things. And we didn't have either of them. <laughs> I mean, well, we, we did. It no, just wasn't no. in the bag. There were so many things, though. Even, okay, if you have the money, you also got to make sure that you actually have the money because <laughs> we had the money and we couldn't access it for like mm. a full week. <laughs> yeah. It's great. Things. That's, that's the scene from the movie. How we got our lawyer. We had, oh, we my had God. Go, we had to go... Um, Heavy this lawyer so like that. Yeah, we could really make a movie about this. We had fun. Is this both of yours first time producing a movie? Yeah, correct. Yeah, I'm, I'm listed as an associate producer on something else, but ta- <laughs> this is the first time I've actually done any work. So, yeah. <laughs> we're, was was it just like we're just going to produce and let's go, or did you have people like kind of show you the ropes of what at least the roadmap of what sh- you should be doing? As producers. Uh, I think credit goes to Joanne. She really, like, she literally opened up every door in the Philippines for us. She found us a wonderful production company that, that, and, and they worked with us hand in hand. Um, there was a clear, like, they just, they mapped everything out. They asked us for approval. Like, I still remember the first time, like, you got to approve this budget. And I'm like, I'm like, what, do you, what does that mean? <laughs> and, you know, that was like my first moment, like, oh, my God, I'm producing something. Oh, we had a few of those. Oh, my. There was uh, one of the... Oh, my God. One of the... Um, oh, our production coordinator. Came, yeah, yeah, came up to us one day and was like... <laughs> oh, my God, uh, here we go. Hey, excuse me, boss. We don't, I'm like, why is she calling us boss? Oh, my gosh. We are the boss. We're paying her. <laughs> We're the boss. <laughs> first day on set was insane there's all these people running around and um you know we got i don't even haven't even met half of these people they're working for us it's like they're here performing a job that we're paying them to do to be part of this movie and we're this is our movie yeah that was pretty cool we also <laughs> threw someone off the top floor of a off a roof 
that yeah. same day, the first day. And you made me was, shoot 14 pages. Yeah. Yeah, that was a crazy With first every day. lead actor. Yeah, we we're, were pretty, yeah. Wow. Very ambitious <laughs> on Thanks, our first guys. day. Thanks, uh, But yeah, we, we really learned because of Joanne, this production company, Full House Asia. And like any time we had an issue, we would bring it up and then, you know, they would sort it out. Like communication channels were really clear and, and that was really helpful. So we, we learned a lot. But we also learned that we knew a lot too, which was Well, we, I think we've been lucky because the background that we've come from, we've, we've been fortunate enough to work on big productions where we've seen how things should run. And so I, I feel like the whole time uh, me producing was just mimicking other things that I'd seen. I'm like, yeah, I've seen a deal member before. This is what it should look like. I don't make it look like that. Do you like, think oh, it's I've called seen a, I've seen a call sheet before. I know what it looks like. I don't know how to do it, but I know it, I know the kind of paper it should be printed on. So right. We're just mimicking the whole time. Um, and I still don't know exactly what the role of a producer is. I, I know what goes into making a movie because we're there the whole time now. But we we just had this um, really organic structure where we were kind of filling in for everything. You know, it was it was such a grassroots small production that you didn't have the luxury of having all the um, jobs separate into um, into different roles and that. So we were kind of doing everything. We were, we were line producing and <laughs> producing, and then assist. We were doing we were coffee runners as well. Like we're everything. Yeah. yeah, Chris was AD on one of the days with Desmond. That was that was a fun day. Yeah. <laughs> Not well, not for me. <laughs> I mean, in a way, that's kind of what producing is, right? Taking what's on the page and turning it into a movie, which you yeah. created, you birth, right? Essentially, you produce what's on the page. But uh, I've broken it down to just problem solving, and yeah. luckily, our experience was enough that we didn't need to solve any major problems too many at a time. That's great. Yeah. It helps to have a capable director. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Yes. And this, uh, Andrew, this is your. Uh, debut feature right yes first time directing in dp first time directing and dping a film but not first time uh, on a feature um how was the experience different for you um most of the time on feature films i was either a producer or i work as a camera operator or i worked as an ae or line producer i've never taken the step of directing my own feature or being the cinematographer on the same one um honestly at first i thought it would be really unmanageable and I was very anxious. I'm normally an anxious person, um, but having such a really strong team behind me um, that would help me, and I never felt scared to say, hey, I, I don't know what I'm doing, or I'm, I, can you please help me? It was one of those teams where I felt secure enough, and um, even in a vulnerable moment, I knew that one of them would come and help me or take over. Like, um, Chris helped me out as an acting coach because I do um, double up writing, directing, and DPing. And right. so anytime that I was like, I don't have enough time, please help me with this, he would take over, which was really nice. I really recommend most people get someone to be your acting coach. But, I mean, um, that was the plan. We didn't, it, it didn't end up um, sort of happening at all. No, it was a plan. We, we, we originally um, wanted to have rehearsals so that because, because we were on such a tight schedule, we needed everything to run very quickly and smoothly. Mm -hmm. um, like Dre mentioned before, we were trying to shoot 14 pages on our first day. Mm -hmm. uh, and while everybody's still getting to know each other and figuring you know, out, out where everything sits and, and fits – we wanted to try and shoot 14 days. It was very ambitious. So, And I, we had our only and biggest stunt day. That Yeah, like that I said, day. we threw someone off the roof of the building that day <laughs> and too. And we had every lead that day. Yeah, and we, we were filming in a public 
space too <laughs> yep. in the middle of a marketplace. Yep. All these little kids running around. It was it, less than ideal, really. But um, <laughs> looking back on it, it was kind of stupid. No, but I think it's the whole, you know, when you learn to swim, your parent just throws you in the pool. And yeah. that's yeah. just but, actually what happened. But a lot of it was, uh, yeah, a lot of it just switched up and we just had to adapt. Like the whole acting coach thing, was it was a great idea. We've seen it work on pre films that we've been a part of previously. It's a very effective way of doing things. But on this film, we just didn't have the time to do it. Like I was saying before, we, we had our lead actors replaced and changed out, swapped out on the weekend before we shot. So we really didn't have time to rehearse and do and And so when we're on set, you know, things were going so quickly. It, it didn't always turn out, um, you know, the way we had planned. But I think that's what made it so exciting is that we were just constantly problem solving, constantly fixing things. Um, you want to... Actually, we learned about the rain gods, the egg, eggs. You know about oh, the eggs? Um, <laughs> this well, is something we need to it. bring back to LA. Yeah, we're probably going to bring it. So in the Philippines, um, we there's some part of our culture. Oh, here's the Instagram story. Um, part of our <laughs> culture where um, when it's raining, you bring out a dozen eggs. Okay. Um, and it stops the rain. And I was messing around like, this is so dumb. <laughs> I mean, I know about this. And you have to bring it to a church or, you know, put it where all your gear is. Um, and it actually ended up working. I, oh, wow. It, like, the rain would stop to the one point where we were on set, I decided to steal one, as I don't know why I did that. And then, oh, no. no joke, 10 minutes after I stole the one egg, um, it came down in torrential monsoon, like people were scrambling all over set. And we all run inside, and my sister looks at the, the dozen eggs. She came in to help us as an associate producer and thought, who took the egg, and everyone stared at me. Oh, no. And they're like, Dre, where'd you put the egg? And I hid it on set. I just, I don't know, I put it down on set, so I had to run out in the rain um, and find the egg. I put the egg hey, back in. so you're in. admitting that you took it? I am admitting a, right a, now just, on... Okay. Did you I just want to... Right, because, you know, at the time, I, you were saying... I, I was lying, you, you were, yes. Yeah, you were trying to cover. You were like, I thought I would bring it to the set. Yeah, no, that might help. I, <laughs> I am admitting now... That was I the day you failed it. as a director. Yes, that was the day I failed because I stole this the stupid little egg. And Did you want to test it? Was that the? I want no. I just wanted to. I wanted to. <laughs> we steal lost one two hours of filming because I stole because, an egg. Because she stole she an egg. But the, the crazy part is, I put the egg back, and twenty minutes after the rain stopped, and wow. we didn't have rain the whole day. So after that, I'm a full believer in the egg. That's your next movie right there. Egg ring. Egg, egg god. I mean, god. there's an egg god. god. So much that um, when we all went to get tattoos at the end of the shoot, our uh, our wonderful gaffer Alfredo. Uh, he got a tattoo of an egg <laughs> with rain on it. <laughs> rain on it yeah. He's a full believer in the egg. Wow. I wonder if that works here. I want to try it here. Yeah. But we, we need more rain, so maybe... We'll try it in Vancouver. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have to have everyone believe, though. That's true. To the point I had a bunch of friends shooting in Vancouver that saw me doing it, and they brought eggs to set. Wow. Did it work? I don't know. Hmm. I want to know. Maybe they didn't believe. Her they off. need to believe. <laughs> you need to believe in the egg. So as the uh, the writer, director, and DP on this film, how does it feel to see everything become real? Overwhelming. Just com- I think it's completely overwhelming to see things just just happen in front of you. At, at the time, I didn't have time or brain capacity to think it was just let's go let's go let's get it done because we had to shoot in seven uh, 18 days um shoot the whole film um and i have a very precise way i want to shoot things Mm -hmm. um so at the time it didn't really click and even when we were editing the film it still didn't really hit me that we made this film it was only um i think when was the revelation moment it was a couple weeks ago when we liked the cut 
Oh, think, yeah. Yeah, when we finally hit a picture lock, that was when it hit me. Oh, mm. my God, we did this. That was when it hit me. Two nice. months. Yeah, how do you feel about yeah. how, how it's sitting? I, mean, I know we haven't finished the film yet, but uh, from its inception and what you had when you were in your head when you were writing the film, what you'd hoped it would be, Till now, seeing the film almost completed, how, how, did, how does is it fulfilling? Is it how, what are your thoughts? I love that Chris is hosting for me. Please keep doing it. I mean, I was just curious. To know <laughs> yeah, no, what it's yeah. it's crazy. We should read the first draft of the script. No, together. let's not. Let's not do that. <laughs> it's no, let's not do. I don't know. It's a really crazy feeling. It just feels. Um, there's a validating moment that hit me last month. Um, mostly insanity. Mostly mm. like, how did we do this? I just I. I don't even know. Right now it still hasn't because we're still trying to finish it. I can't really um, wrap my head around it. <laughs> um, I think I had the the validating really intense moment when I saw the article come out and I sweat through my whole shirt that morning. <laughs> um, the Variety article about us. That was when I was mm-hmm. like, oh my God, what are we doing? Yeah. Like, it's insane. How about artistically? Do you think, do you feel like you've fulfilled what you were trying to do? Like, I, I think I tried. I th- You know, I don't think I'll ever get what I want in in a film and I'm, I'm glad because i'll always try to achieve that but i i think from like i definitely learned as a writer director where i want to go with um the stories i want to tell but it it's not exactly the film i envisioned but it's definitely a film i really um proud of yeah yeah it looks very nice and brian as the uh, as the editor how did it feel to uh to participate in this you know, style of, you know. I, I got a question for Brian. I, so Brian was working on this for like nine months. What was your months. schedule, Brian? And what was your schedule? He's, I mean, he's seen so many iterations of this film. He's created so many different ones. I want to kind of hear from Brian, like, what it was like to see this movie come together from the first assembly cut to now. Was it what you expected? Like, tell us. Well, I think it was interesting because even from the, even from the script level, I thought it was working like really well. And, um, it was it was very interesting because Drea just kind of hit me up one time and she was like, "Oh, do you want to edit my feature?" And I was like, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, I wasn't sure what I was gonna get because they were shooting in the Philippines and they were sending me footage, mm. <laughs> and I was getting you know weeks after they shot or you know whatever. And um, but it was interesting, yeah, because from the first cut, I definitely I definitely saw the movie was in there for sure. Like we. We could make it. It was just, you know, there were cringy moments that did. They kind of worked on page, but they didn't really work. Like watching it. What was the thing we would say? If it cringes, we cut it or yeah. something. If we cringes, we cut it. Yeah. If we cringe, we cut. Yeah. There we go. And it's we, a good rule yeah. for movies. Yeah. We definitely. I mean, it just was like it was interesting. Just me and Dre like sitting like in my bedroom where we were cutting, and, like cramped and like watching the movie and. Figuring out like, well, if we put this scene here, if we put this scene here, if we cut all of this, it, it really works. And uh, we just kind of just kept going at it and going at it. And um, it kind of turned out really well. <laughs> I have to give him some credit. Brian's not Filipino. And he was able to cut the movie without me, without understanding any of the stuff that wasn't Tagalog. I have yeah, to she, give you a lot of credit. She came back from the Philippines and she watched some of it and she's like, do you know Tagalog? <laughs> Like, how did you do that? No, that's a innate skill right there. (laughs) Yeah, he cuts off feelings. Feelings. Yeah. So now your your film is almost finished. You're racing towards the finish line. I mean, right before we start recording, you're all talking about color coordinating for the premiere. How does it feel to like be approaching that moment right now? Um, I need a dress with pockets (laughs) because I need like to carry snacks. 
with me <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. Um, you and Chris. What? I don't. I don't Answer have feelings. Question, you have no feelings. Yeah. I'm overcome with feelings. He only has feelings on camera. Oh right. <laughs> I know how to portray feelings. Action. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm oh overwhelmed. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. It's it's a strange. It's, it's honestly, strain. it's a, I think it's a very strange and surreal feeling, um, mm. because uh, I, I guess for me, I've always been on the other side of this. Right, I've never mm. seen um, what goes on behind the scenes. I've always been presented with you know a very very easy job. I just turn up. And someone's already written everything for me. I just say some stuff that's already on a page. And then they go, step over here onto this mark, say it, and then go back to your trailer and relax. That's all I need to do, ever. Mm-hmm. And so now I've seen the whole other side of it, and um, I can really appreciate. You know, I used to, I used to think, I used to sit there and watch the producers. Um, the producers always sit in their own little tent away. This is like all the grown-ups are over there, right? <laughs> and you kind of don't go over there and disturb them um, unless you have a problem. Um, and, uh, and so then I'm like, they don't do anything. They just sit there all day. I'm like, they're on their computers. I'm like, they, they have the easiest job. How much do those guys get paid? <laughs> and now I know they do a lot. I'm never, ever going to say a producer doesn't, doesn't do anything ever again because, um, um, now I've been through, I'm like, man, it's, there's so much to think about constantly. Um, and so it, it's a strange feeling for me because it, it's, um, it's possibly one of the most rewarding things that I've done. I mean, like, a, you know, it, we've all achieved as a team so much um, artistically and, and creatively, um, you know, that's fulfilling. But also just uh, entrepreneurial – what's the word? <laughs> Entrepreneurial. Oh, homage. Oh, <laughs> that's an inside joke from the film. Sorry. Uh, in a business sense, we've all achieved so much too and grown so much um, as operators – so it's yeah, it's very rewarding. I'm I'm very proud of what we've done. <clears throat> yeah, Osric. Uh, I mean, we're, we're we're on the home stretch, you know, and I think this is my time to be anxious as we finish up the film. And I I feel like I've already switched on to like, you know, hosting mode. Like I feel like everyone's coming over to our house, and we have to like tidy <laughs> up and make sure every everything is good, and everyone can enjoy their time at the premiere and and subsequent after parties. So. That's the mode I'm at, you know, making sure we don't forget to invite anyone that we probably should invite. Let's let's go over our list again. Um, and just making sure, like, yeah, everyone that needs to be there, that wants to be there, can, you know, have a seat to be there. Um, thankfully, we have 744 of them. And right now it seems like there, there's enough, but I, I also don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's a very strange feeling. More just like a, a sign of relief. I don't know. Mm. Well... I mean, it's it's been a very busy year since the last festival. Mm-hmm. And speaking of the festival, I guess, how does it feel to be the closing night film of the LA Asian Pacific Film Festival? I mean, you're putting the pretty much the the cap on this whole whole shebang, right? I went into the fetal position. Apparently, <laughs> um, we were we were uh, they called us on the phone. I thought it, um, I thought LAPFF was just calling for some logistic stuff, mm-hmm. and Francis was on the phone. He got a bunch of them on. He's like, "Hey, we just want to offer to you if you guys are interested to be the closing <laughs> night film." 
And then I don't really know what happened after I went into this weird fetal position on the floor and Osric had to do the phone call. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Uh, they were very excited. Uh, were. I was great. very excited. And I mean, it, and it was a question. It, you know, it yeah. wasn't like, it wasn't an offer. It's like, would you like to would do Would you it? like to, yeah. You know, we <laughs> basically had the option of saying yes. Of course, I said yes while Drea curled up on the floor. Um, <laughs> and, and to me, it was, it really felt like a, a, a you know, a culmination of everything that happened last year because we showed up every day at LAPFF to the point where they recognized us. You know, we hadn't really done anything else for them to know us from. And, you know, halfway through the festival, they would, you know, we would be approached by all the people at LAPFF thanking us for showing up. And, you know, it, it meant so much to us. But at the same time, we just wanted to support the community, the filmmakers. And so, you know, I remember the the closing night screening last year was MIA and there was this party and, you know, all of our friends were there and we started like this dance circle and stuff. And, you know, it was so much fun. Um, and so to be, you know, kind of the host of the after party and the closing night film this year, like I'm ready to to do the same thing and spread the that party vibe. even harder. Exactly. I, Chris knows this. Yeah, party hard. Um, I think in another sense, it, I'm really thankful for it, especially because the opening night film is done by another Filipina. Right. So it feels, and she's also a writer-director of the film, so it feels really nice for to follow up from a more experienced director um, to close the festival with our film. And they're both very strong on uh, Filipino stories. So for me, I'm very thankful for that. Yeah. Um, for my first film. Yeah. Like I mentioned earlier, last year's Los Angeles Asian <laughs> Pacific Film Festival was when I first started hearing you all start talking about making a film. And now to have it be the closing night film, I think it's really exciting. It, sh- it goes to show that anything's possible of like similar with the egg thing, everyone believes in it, right? And I'm very excited to see your film. Once again, the film is Empty by Design, which is playing closing night, Friday, May 10th, 7 p.m. at Regal LA Live. Um, tickets are on sale now if you go to festival.vcmedia.org. I want to thank my guests, Andrea, Chris, Osric, and Brian for joining me to talk about their film. I guess before we go, if people want to follow the film, where can they go? You can go on Twitter at Empty by Design. You can uh, go to Facebook and Instagram, which is Empty by Design Movie. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you all for joining me and uh, looking forward to see your film. Thanks, Marvin. Thanks, Thanks everyone. Thank you. Thanks. And that was director Andrea Walter, editor Brian Merrick, and producer slash cast members Oswick Chow and Chris Pang uh, talking about their film Empty by Design, which again will be the closing night film of the Los Angeles Asian Pacific Film Festival starting May 2nd through May 10th. The film will be screening on Friday, May 10th at the Regal Theaters at LA Live at 7 p.m. Tickets are still on sale now. So if you're interested in catching the world premiere of this film, um, it's not too late. For more information on the 2019 Los Angeles Asian Pacific Film Festival, check out their website at festival.vcmedia.org and don't forget to follow the film Empty by Design on social media to find out where it'll be playing next and with that that'll do it for this episode of the Collabcast if you haven't already done so please subscribe to our podcast on Apple Google Radio Public Spotify or wherever you're listening to your podcasts and if you feel so inclined give us a nice rating and review on iTunes um, it really helps us out this podcast is a program of collaboration in nonprofit organizations supporting Asian Americans in arts and entertainment discovering developing showcasing and connecting the creative talents of the Asian American community in North America and beyond uh, you can learn more about collaboration and our programs by going to our website at www.collaboration 
on this podcast. Also, a proud member of the Potluck Podcast Collective, a collective of Asian American hosted podcasts. Um, check out some of our other great shows, such as Books and Boba, First of All, They Call Us Bruce, and more by going to the website www.podcastpotluck.com. And again, special thanks to Visual Communications for providing us the space to record.、Um, this podcast was recorded at the Potluck Podcast Studios located within the Visual Communications offices in downtown Los Angeles. Visual Communications, again, is the amazing organization behind the Los Angeles Asian Pacific Film Festival, where our guest's movie, Empty by Design, will be playing.、Uh, learn more about Visual Communications programs by going to their website at vcmedia.org. The intro and outro music for this week's episode is Uzuhan,、uh, brought to you by Atlanta based rapper. Thanks again for listening to the collab cast.、Um, we'll see you next week. Bye, everyone. Hey, I'm Phil Yu, and you may know me from a blog called Angry Asian Man. And I'm Jeff Yang, author, journalist, and celebrity dad. We host a podcast called They Call Us Bruce, an unfiltered conversation about what's happening in Asian America. Each week or so, we host a discussion about some of the most vital and interesting topics in our pop culture and our community, bringing in guests who are shaping and informing this thing called Asian America from Hollywood to DC and beyond.、Uh, we got media, entertainment, food, family, politics, representation, the good, the bad, the WTF of it all. So check us out wherever you get your podcasts or at theycallsbruce.com. Peace. Peace.